Welcome to the Proletarian Contrarian, the leftist podcast dedicated to the reevaluation of your favorite crappy films. I'm Nick. And I'm Lewis. God damn, I love that new intro so much more than the one we did for all of 2019. <laughs> First time, baby. Yeah, I don't know. I miss it. I miss uh, the uh, endless blooper possibilities, but uh, that's <laughs> We'll okay. have more. Yes, we will. We'll have more. Um, I'm sure any like mid-episode bloopers that we have, we can we can make a note to go back and get them because there will be some. Oh, I clip them. Believe me. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Especially with the pronunciation of this this mo- oh this week's God. movie. Jesus Christ! Yeah. This will be interesting. <laughs> yeah. So for th- for this week, um, we have Legends of the Guardians: The Elves of Gahul. Gahul. Yes. Gahul. Uh, I thought okay. it was Gahul, but yeah, it's me too. Gahul. Uh, it's mm-hmm. said enough in the film that uh, I remembered. <laughs> and if you think we're going to remember any of the other names or proper nouns from this movie, you're sadly mistaken because, boy oh boy, we are just slammed with like exposition <laughs> from the get go. Just it, it adapted from a YA kids fantasy series. So like enough said. Mm, yeah. So um, it is directed by Zack Snyder. Pro con hat trick hat <laughs> Zack Snyder. Yeah, our, uh, I guess, second hat trick, considering uh, we did the prequel films, the Star Wars prequel films. Uh, yes. So uh, Zack Snyder is, uh, is second best to George Lucas, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yes, according to our, um, our ProCon rating system, um, Zack Snyder is the second best director in the world. Yep, that's just, um, that's the rules. This came out 2010 and was based off of um, a children's book series, The Guardians of Gahul, Gahul, Gahul. Um, by Catherine, Lask- uh, Catherine Lasky. Um, and this this movie is an adaptation of the first three novels in like the 15 book series or something. Yeah, uh, 15 or 16, uh, <laughs> plus a few spinoff books. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one is about horses, one's about polar bears, and one is about wolves. Hell yeah. Yeah. Quite incredible. I love it. Uh, actually, I think <laughs> they're series themselves. Uh, like, so there's like multiple ones of those series. Yeah, but I think they all take place in a shared universe. Mm-hmm. Like a shared they do. smart yeah, animal but universe. There's like three of them about the horses and or, th- or three about the wolves. It's crazy. She yeah. She's a prolific writer. I mean, she has other series as well that she writes. This isn't the only series that she writes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Lasky's um, Wikipedia page—it's it's really extensive. There's like dozens of individual books, and there's like dozens of series here. <laughs> Frankly, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, and uh, I mean, even picture books for for young children. She has just mm-hmm. one or two books, I believe, for adults. Um, there's a few. There's like um, there's like six or six or seven adult mystery oh, series. She has, right, she has an adult mystery, mystery books. series. Yes. Yeah. Um, again, with our uh, deep, uh, deep research here. Uh. Yeah, and actually, um, in 2017, so like she's still writing now. Um, she wrote that book, uh, Night Witches, too, which you had told me about. Yes, very interesting historical fiction. Um, mm-hmm. Very relevant to the uh, political bent of this podcast, but uh, we will uh, we'll get there later, folks. Uh, oh, we'll, sure. Uh, we'll leave you with uh, something uh, to mull over. Uh, while we uh, ramble about this film <laughs> it's it's owl time <laughs> owl time boys and girls what is the study of birds ornithology 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 right yes um 
but yeah, Legends Legends of the Guardian, um, starring completely animated film, so this is all voice work, uh, starring Jim Sturgis, Emily Barclay, Ryan Quentin, David Wenham, uh, Anthony LaPaglia, Helen Mirren, Jeffrey Rush, Joel Edgerton, Hugo Weaving, Adrian Defaria, Miriam Margoyle, Sam Neill, and Abby Cornish. So pretty pretty exten- pretty good cast. Yeah, pretty stacked cast. A lot of Australians. Um, yes. The film actually takes place in Australia or an animated version of Australia uh, because the company, the animation company Animal Logic uh, that did the majority of the animation is out of Australia. Um, that's my understanding. Is that's really the only reason. The book series takes place in North America. The majority of these owls are uh, native to Wait. North America. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> the fact that it takes place in, a lot, in Australia um, makes a particular sequence in the climax very painful in retrospect. Yeah, it does actually. Um, I mean, today, as of, mm, as of like yeah. a few months ago. Yes. But, um, uh, oh no! We'll right, get- yeah, like right now, like. What is happening in Australia? Yeah, is mirrored uh, on screen. Uh, so we'll talk about that. It's it's unfortunate. It definitely made its budget back. Uh, made back one hundred and forty point one million against eighty million. Uh, so a, a modest hit, I would call that. Yeah, um, it was number one at the box office when it came out, um, mm-hmm. but then it had a thirty one percent decrease the second weekend yeah um so it made like 10 million and then no it made like 15 or 16 million and then it went down to like 10 million the next time and i mean it only made 60 million um domestically and the rest of that is 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 foreign markets which you know makes sense in general it does um and the tomato meter tracks pretty closely with the audience score uh 51 percent for critics uh 63 for audience um so this, this is kind of like 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 th- this is like the standard movie that we built the we built the show around right like it yeah kind of a middling middling success kind of came and went um financially successful but not remarkable and just very just like across the board average in terms of score yeah definitely the pro con platonic ideal we have a section of a washington post review from dan kois kois i don't know i just kept thinking of orphan of kos from uh bloodborne yeah <laughs> dan, dan's last name is spelled uh capital k-o-i-s um dan kois God damn it! All all the names in this episode are going to yeah. just be completely mangled. Horrific. Sorry. Human. Sorry. Human or human or owl. So uh, Dan writes: Children with a particular affection for epic tales, no matter how derivative or cacophonous, will probably enjoy Legend of the Guardians. The grown-ups who accompany them, however, unable to rotate their heads 180 degrees, will yawn through the dull dialogue and occasionally find their interest sparked by the film's lovely 3D visual vistas. In the action. It's especially hard to determine who's fighting whom in Legends because, well, there are a bunch of owls. Snyder doesn't help, intercutting moments of of balletic slow motion with messy, incoherent action choreography. It's a technique filmgoers will recognize from Snyder's previous movies, Watchmen and 300. The only difference being that, thanks to Gahul's PG rating, the bone-crunching battles result in artful sprays of feathers and not blood. Um, You have a really good talent for finding, like... (laughs) anecdotes that i completely disagree with because <laughs> the battle scenes are dope as hell yeah yeah no i just thought this guy was wrong uh on every level honestly yeah. and also i wanted to highlight um the part where he says it's hard to determine who's fighting whom that was in so many reviews and i do not understand what they're talking about like 
it's very clearly the guardians look one way and the mm-hmm. bad guys look another the way pure, the pure ones the, uh, as they're called like it's I, I just didn't i didn't understand um it's anti-owl discrimination i think is what it is <laughs> it's anti-snyder discrimination <laughs> um anti-owl discrimination yeah like if, the, if there's one thing we've really harped on in our other snyder reviews like like this this is kind of the go-to di- like way to 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 give some credit to Zack snyder but like if there's one thing he knows how to do it's direct a goddamn action scene oh yeah um and i think you know um these dog fights or owl fights or whatever you want to call them i mean uh they're pretty great um, yeah you know they're they're just as good as anything in any of the star wars films hot take uh, <laughs> uh they're a lot more comprehensible and visually interesting than much of the prequel lightsaber fights yeah yeah that's true and we do have some uh swords being crossed here uh some of the owls yeah. have swords on their talons. Owl swords yeah uh, it's not even that, like it's their talons. They have like swords on their talons. They, what's cool is they have both. Like some of them yeah. have, some of them fight with just talons. Some of them have like, uh, like Freddy Krueger gloves. Right. And some of them hold. It's it's like a little horizontal bar that they hold a sword with. Yes. It's really cool. It's incredible, folks. Uh, we'll get into that more in a second. Um, yeah. The only thing I do agree with Dan uh, Orphan of Coast is that. Um, <laughs> The uh, film is derivative, um, cacophony, yeah. whatever. Who cares? Every action movie is too loud nowadays. Um, that's uh, Grandpa Lewis coming out here. But um, <laughs> yes. it's derivative of uh, Star Wars. It's derivative of Lord of the Rings. It's, it's yeah. just, um, you know, your usual sci-fi fantasy tropes. Um, yeah. They're all at play here. Yeah, for sure. Um, very, very obviously based on a children's episodic YA book series. Um it wears that completely on its sleeve. Um, I, I was also getting heavy vibes of like um, Watership Down, mm. but a little, yeah, yeah. I mean, just obviously with owls instead. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't think that's necessarily a problem. The formulaic kind of Campbellian route that they take. It's just, um, it's when they get too bogged down in those steps is when it becomes a problem. Yeah, I mean, there's some stuff that's like uh, beat for beat Star Wars in this yep. film. Uh, yep. Like the little guy who uh, is like the uh, the legendary fighter. Yes, he, uh, he, we have a Yoda yeah, owl. We have a Yoda owl. Uh, at the um, end, they get medals or, or at least like they're, <laughs> they're knighted or something. Yep. Uh, they, they become guardians. Yeah, they become... Right, yeah, I guess that is what happens. Um, I imagine... I mean, I, I know nothing about the book series, so this is pure speculation on my part, but um, at least when I was a kid reading like YA fantasy and, and sci-fi and stuff, um, a lot of the draw was like, ironically enough, given our given our pro-con sermon episode, the world building, um, like interpreting how owls would be doing this kind of thing. That was, that was a big part of the draw for me, just the pure um, like fantasy spectacle aspects of it. Um, so I, I imagine kids would care more about or be more interested in that rather than like the destiny plot line and story that, that that's it's just so rote. I, I imagine kids just don't even, don't even pay attention to it. Probably not. Or kids, um, if they do pay attention to it, it is something familiar, you know, so like mm-hmm. they will pick up on, oh, here's a reference to Star Wars. Here's a reference to uh, Lord of the Rings. If they're one of those kind of kids. 
Um, yep. So, you know, I mean, it, it probably has that in its favor, honestly. I mean, given sure. the audience um, that this film is for, you know, uh, I think it might keep their attention if, if uh, like I said, if, if they're just familiar with some plot beats, um, yeah. then they kind of have, like, skin in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, if I was a kid, I would be like, oh, man, this is like, th- this guy's like Darth Vader. This guy's like Yoda. So I get it. I mean, just as right. an adult, I don't care about those things. And fuck Star right. Wars. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I mean, like, I, that that was where I got most of the enjoyment watching this this movie. Like, there the the main owl villain has a really cool, it's like, he's wearing, like, a Witch King helmet. Yes. And I mm-hmm. thought that was cool. And it's like, hey, that's that's a cool thing, but it's an owl. It's like the Witch King's pet bird. <laughs> um, it's just, yeah, I it's 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 superficial. It's a tight ninety minute movie, superficial fantasy thing with like an Enya soundtrack to it, which made it like really trippy and, <laughs> and neat. Yeah, it's not Enya, folks, but um, it's Enya esque, and I did appreciate that. It has a great score. Yeah, um, there, except with one. Oh my god, yes, notable exception. Yeah awful just atrocious um it is the only uh, song in the movie uh it's repeated uh at the end of the movie it's kind of in the middle of the film in the second act and then it's repeated during the end credits uh and it is atrocious and we'll get to that <laughs> yeah well i mean we're on shit that we hate about the i guess we right could just turn as well yeah i don't want to talk about it later you're right let's just get it over yeah. with um let's, let's just pass this owl pellet right now <laughs> just spit it right out um, so there's a song called To the Sky by the band Owl City. Uh, I think it's one guy, the artist Owl City. Maybe it is. I don't care. Um, they're awful. He's awful. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's a bad song. It plays during a training montage. Um, I don't. I can't even tell you what happens in the training montage. I had to like mute it and look away at that point. See, I I liked. The, the training montage itself had some cool shit. Like, we, we dive into, like, the owl culture. Like, oh, owls can be blacksmiths, or they can be, they can be astronomers, or they can be scouts, or they can be, they can be healer owls. And it's, like, that kind of, like, D&D exploration of, like, oh, this is the owl city in, in the tree that I would have latched onto as a kid. But the owl city soundtrack to it dates the movie so much. Yes. It, it just t- completely took me out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, same. It was really, it was difficult to watch that uh, portion of the film. But you're right. Um, this is kind of bef- uh, what uh, precedes this um, in the in the story is they yeah, they explain, uh, like you said, kind of the the D and D like uh, roles you can have in in mm-hmm. the in the owl city in the in the tree. I don't know. I remember what the tree is called. Um, I don't know. It's it's like this big giant tree that they all live in. That's, that's all yeah. <laughs> yeah um so yeah this um bare bones plot here um there is a family of owls um the they're taito owls i don't know i guess that's a real type of owl t-y-t-o no they're they're visually like the type of owls there they're they're barn owls they they look very much like barn owls what the fuck is taito then they kept saying taito Tight, the far the forest of i'm looking at the wikipedia page i do not remember this but <laughs> The, the forest of Taito is where they live. Oh, that's stupid. It's like Taito Forest. Okay. So they call them yeah. Taito Owls, but they're barn owls. Gotcha. Biologically speaking, Biologically. From, from an English language standpoint, they are barn owls. Amazing. Uh, yes. Yeah, so there's this family <laughs> of barn owls who live in the Taito Forest. Um, there's two brothers and uh, a young uh, 
child is it sister. sister yeah that's right it's a yeah. sister um one day the as the brothers are learning to fly they um they fall onto the uh the floor of the forest um mm-hmm. and then they're attacked by tasmanian devil i think yes yeah they are attacked <laughs> by a tasmanian devil um and then they are taken away by uh two evil owls uh and and then the adventure starts uh we learn about these other owls called the pure ones um very much nazis basically yeah they're they're kidnapped and they're spirited away to like mordor essentially yeah oh yeah very heavy to to work to work in the slave pits Mm -hmm. yeah and uh running the show in the evil country it's it's like this big like volcanic rock formation is um uh metal beak metal beak is his name yeah that's just yeah Uh, <laughs> um, he he's basically a combination of like Darth Vader and Sauron because um, he has a metal face face mask with a giant metal with like a big metal beak on it because his beak was ripped off in battle. Um, yes, mm-hmm. during the legends and the stories that the the brothers and sisters would listen to growing up. Yeah, the uh, the legend of the Battle of the Ice Claws. Yeah, yeah. Just um, so we get this backstory. We get this like this establishing narrative and this was one of the weird things about it for me um the idea that like these mythical figures formed like this culture this like cultural stories for them but they these people are also still alive yeah Mm -hmm. um it kind of really compresses that like legendary cultural time frame and it makes it all seem way too recent and way too real for it to be a legend yeah i really i i didn't dig that whole uh, section of the film when they finally get to the owl tree village place and we we meet the guardians um yeah because there's uh these characters called the guardians they're the good guys the legendary good guys the guardian the guardians <laughs> of gahul <laughs> the guardians <laughs> of gahul um gahul. and uh there's oh, who's the the one uh lies of keel is the uh like the king yeah. or something uh well no lies is um the yoda figure yeah yeah right right he he's he's the legendary hero that um that the brother owls and the sister owl look up to um but he he and he he's like held up as like this folk hero but instead of um instead of like in watership down where they have their their trickster god figure who who doesn't actually exist right Mm -hmm. lies actually does exist and that kind of takes the wind out of their feathers i guess yeah yeah i am trying to recall the name of the the trickster god rabbit and i cannot for the life el hell yes yes elera i think that's how it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah um nice what's it's, it's like a, the english name for it isn't like a trickster a thousand something of a thousand tricks or something like that Sorry, folks, we're going off of a tangent here, but Watership Down's great. Don't watch the movie, yeah, however, Watership but uh, read the book. <laughs> Prince with a Thousand Enemies. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that's good because from the rabbit's perspective, they're very frightened, skittery creatures, but they have hope in their in their speed and their, their trickery. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Richard Adams, I mean, he leans into more of the... Uh, the you know the biological um, nature of rabbits uh, in terms of their yes. mythology whereas uh, this one not really i mean it's just like it could be people easily um it could be any other species here there's nothing specific to like birds 
yeah I, th- I think that's the biggest problem for me with this movie um because like all, all this stuff about owls is cool but like you were saying you could substitute any other animal in there, there's there's very little that like specifically makes it about an owl like fantasy yeah yeah um the the only thing i can the only example i can even think of is like um like a lot of their society revolves around like being active at nighttime rather than daytime right but mm-hmm. they don't really explore that that much it, yeah. it's just like most of the scenes take place underneath the moon rather than the sun right yeah um they don't really have a lot of opportunity to explore anything in this film mm-hmm. um it kind of just goes beat for beat from uh, you know a joseph campbell uh, monomyth uh, hero of a thousand faces uh, standpoint um doesn't really have a lot of room to breathe the the main owl i guess we should say the the good brother his name is soren he's sent to work in the slave pits with another owl friend that he makes but his his brother clud clud the fail clud. of the episode uh based <laughs> on his clud. name only clud yes um he he becomes the bad owl and he joins the mordor owls um the pure ones as a soldier mm-hmm um, so he betrays his, his brother, um, but Soren escapes because one of the owl guards teaches him how to fly, and then he sacrifices himself so Soren can escape. It, it's just like beat for beat, like, oh, the mentor that takes him in, but then sacrifices himself, and Soren escapes from the belly of the from the belly of the enemy, and then he escapes, and um, he he gets his own, like, band of owl friends. Yep, yep. Yeah, he's, he gets his fellowship. Um Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, he gets a, a little, um, oh, I don't know what kind of owl and, it is, but it, 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 his name is Digger, and, and he lives... Elf, elf owl. No, that's Gilfie, is the elf yeah. owl, um, yeah. who's kind of his love interest. Um, and there's Digger, who is a, I don't know, it's, I don't know what kind of owl it is, a, but is... A burrowing yes, owl. Yes, that's right. It's a burrowing owl, and then um, a bigger owl named uh, Twilight. Twilight, who's a great gray owl, which is the biggest... Uh, the world's largest species of all by oh, length actually interesting and he's kind of a, like a warrior poet uh mm-hmm. bard type character he has a lute that he's always playing um and he's played by anthony lapaglia uh who is a, a returning <laughs> star here uh you might remember him from uh, mixed nuts as uh, guido santa yes uh, <laughs> goddamn <laughs> um yeah so oh and also with with um twilight and digger they um they meet the snake oh yeah mrs p mrs mrs p who is um soren's former like nurse yeah like, it's like nursemaid it's like nanny very it's so very strange odd. like in the first few scenes we have the owl family soren and and clud and his uh his sister Eagle teen, e- eagle teen. Yes. I that's I could not pronounce that one. Oval teen. Oval teen. <laughs> I was thinking that the whole time. And then their parents, and they're in, you know, they're in a tree. They're in their hole in the tree. And then like, there's just this little snake lady, and she's just like, "Oh, time for bed. I'm a little snake." <laughs> Apparently, that's um a blind snake. That's what they're called. Um, and I was looking to see like if they like have like evolutionary like a symbiotic relationship right. with, with owls or something but um the the only thing i could find the only relevant thing i can find is that they're very small they're only like 10 to 100 centimeters in length like four like four inches long hmm interesting yeah i guess yeah. that 
it's kind of no i think i feel like she's even longer than that um, well i mean in, in real life they're very small yeah yeah weird i mean i just don't understand why that character would be in an owl's nest if not the, for it you know to be food the owl the the character doesn't do anything really in the movie no um mm. she's kind of like the that, audience she's just like oh wow this is cool this is fun yeah it, it's totally one of those things from um from the book series that had a bigger point to it oh, but I'm they sure. mm-hmm. maybe in like a later book or something because i that that just should have been excised out yeah yeah definitely so yeah the um the brothers one um clud decides he wants to be a nazi um and soren decides he wants to meet his heroes the legends he wants to be a jedi, a jedi. Yeah, he wants to be a jedi um and what i thought was interesting actually so when we're first introduced to these characters like i i do believe like the brother dynamic in the first few scenes with them um after a while i don't understand why clud is such an asshole and doesn't want to be like and, and why he wants to be a nazi i don't understand it besides like he's not good at flying that's kind of it i think um yeah he he i think he's a little jealous of soren yeah soren can fly soren can fly better and he's also very carefree about it he's not as like anal retentive as clud is um so that may, so clud like on top of not being as good a flyer as soren like he he also is is too like too neurotic about everything so that makes it that like makes his self-consciousness worse yeah, and then I guess he gets some, you know, a sense of purpose when the pure ones tell him, hey, you're one of us, you're great, uh, come with me. So, I mean, I guess I yeah. get it. I don't know. It's a bit of a stretch for me. Um, but I did, I, I liked the moments between them. Like, there's one um, yeah. before they fall off of their tree. Um, Soren is trying to teach Clud how to fly. And there's this, this one line of dialogue where Soren, he's like... Um, you know, Clud, if if you don't get mad at me, I can show you how to fly. Yes. Um, and I think that was just like a very brotherly thing. Um, yeah. So um, that that kind of made sense. But then after that, I don't know, their relationship just, uh, I mean, they're really not together for the rest of the film anyway. So Yeah, they're not. I, I imagine, again, this is just complete projection, but I, I would imagine like more of the first book, they have more of a relationship built up a, a little bit. Oh, I, I imagine um, they have yeah. to they have to um what else happens they the the fellowship travels they, they decide to travel to gahul because like that's their only hope to to save the captured owls that are in in the mordor area um they meet an echidna yes he's the best a little echidna yeah. shaman yes an echidna shaman and he has like this like this team of crows that steal shit for him which is kind of cool oh yeah, yeah yeah that was cool um they there's kind of a little fight in the air where um the crows steal uh twilight's loot which has mrs p in it uh, yeah. and they have to get it back from them um and as they all land on this rock formation in the ocean that's when the echidna comes out and he's like oh where you? this was foretold and he just keeps saying the word, word foretold i don't <laughs> think kids understand what that word means but he keeps repeating it so it must be funny uh yes <laughs> um i guess we should also mention in the mortar area um that we have the main big bad guy we have metal beak um but controlling everything with him is his queen um the helen marin character naira yes that's right mm-hmm. um and she she's the one that kind of really runs like the ship she she's more of an interesting character i think 
um or not more interesting but like she's she's a more involved villain yeah she she actually does more stuff than than metal beak does mm-hmm. um she gets in a few fights before the end fight like yeah she kind of just yeah. um and she she's the one that like makes plans and orders people and right, stuff right. um and also they make a practice of of hypnotizing baby out like baby outlets that they capture with the moon to make them work be, to make them do slave labor yeah they call it moon blinked i don't know if that's and real I, I don't think it's like I, w- I was i was doing a little bit of research i, I didn't do anything like any, i didn't look this up seriously but um yeah i, I don't know because it's they 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 have when when it's time for the owls to rest they have them stare at the moon and then they have them work during the day and because they stared at the moon all night, they're under like hypnosis. Right. Yeah. That, that like that's what it is. And their work is they um they pick through owl pellets to find bits of metal. Because the big plan for Metal Beak is to gather up all the metal into like this big like cauldron, and then is it, it can also release... like a a magnet? Like I don't I do not understand well, that it, at all. This is my thought. Like. The the metal the metal comes all together and amplifies the strength of like the the magnetic strength of like whatever it is, right? Um, and then they can release wh- whenever they uncover it. It's like kept in like a box of lead or whatever. And whenever they open up the box, um, the me- the magnet like the magnet field goes out and it zaps birds and their gizzards. Yes, yeah. Whatever that Which means. Which is very strange. Yeah, I don't know. Well, a gizzard is, a, is an organ that birds specifically, like birds and some other animals have. Right. But like, how does but a like magnet I, I, affect a gizzard? I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's not real. I mean, I get it, but. Yeah, it, it, it's magic. It's not really like, it's not really, th- th- there's very little biological basis to it. Yeah, but um, yeah. Which is fine, I guess. But at the same time, I don't know. I wish there was like a little bit of biological basis. Again, just like the watership down angle, you know, like enough yeah. that it makes sense. Uh, mm-hmm. for the mythology or just like how they interact with each other how they go about their daily lives i mean yep. like the only thing that really it affects is like how they hold things because they have talons as opposed to hands but that's like it yeah um in our first glimpse of this like i don't want to call it a failure but like this our first glimpse of like this owl society that we're kind of like describing is when they do get to gahul um after the echidna they do find their way there and they they get their class designations and they start to level up yeah yeah um and even when they get their class designations like it is it is very much like the D, the dm like just gives it to them. yeah he's like you get this one you get that one yeah like digger becomes like a scout because he's good at finding stuff um I forget what the other ones do. I have do. no idea. I don't remember at all. I think Twilight Whatever. might just be like a soldier. One of the teacher owls, I think it's like the good owl queen. Like she's she's pointing to like this drawing on a, a piece of parchment that's on the wall. And it's like, you can learn about combat or you can learn about blacksmithing or you can learn about <laughs> healing or you can learn about scout. It's like, a, it's like a tech tree on like a video game, yeah. like a skill tree. Yeah. Speaking of video games, there was a video game for this film. Uh, yeah. yeah. For um, the PS3 xbox 360 and Wii, so that generation yeah that that generation yeah. which which makes sense um i mean kind of licensed games are kind of infamous for being really crappy 
so I can't imagine it was too good, but it got decent scores. Yeah. Uh, Game Informer, I think, gave it like a 7.5. So I don't know. I guess that person just liked flying video games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but apparently it is based, um, it, it does take some references from the book as well. Some, I mean, it's primarily based on the movie, but it's also based on the book. Gotcha. Like more, more of the book material yeah. rather than just the movie. Yeah. All right, folks, we will do a Twitch stream of that. And then yes. also the uh, Sopranos uh, video game. Road to Respect, baby. Yep. And then Ballistics video game. Really, any video game that exists in any of the films that we've reviewed. <laughs> uh, the, the Godfather video yep. game. Yep, that um, one's actually really fun. I like that one yeah. a lot. Okay. Um, did Spider-Man 3 have a video game? It, mu- it must, must have, have, right? I mean, Spider-Man 2 had a video game. That was the first um, like sandbox that was a really, Spider-Man that game. That was a really good one. Yeah, that yeah. was fun. That was the one where you actually had to... That was the first Spider-Man video game where you like you had to actually make your web stick to buildings. That's right. Mm-hmm. Like it, it couldn't just stick into the sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the previous one for the first game, um, it could just yeah, it just stuck to the sky. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, the Spider-Man three video game would would have been contemporaneous with Gahul. Damn, son. The same the same generation. Nice. So back to this movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. So they uh, they're creating this magnetic weapon to affect uh, gizzards um then the um so we meet the really just really quick when they introduced the whole magnetic aspect of it i thought they would like steal away the metal weapons of that's what i thought it was about the whole time yeah and 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 then and then the soren and his buddies because they're good at fighting without weapons they would have swooped in and they would have been like oh you don't need weapons you just need like teamwork and 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 good spirits and we can win together and i thought like that would have been their thing but no it, it just was like this energy weapon yeah and like they kind of reference gizzards as if they're like the force as well yeah. like yeah, yeah. <laughs> the yoda guy says like trust your gizzard the jeffrey rush yoda guy i keep forgetting his name L- liar lies lies keel lies lie he tells lies, <laughs> he tells lies. <laughs> but yeah he um he he takes a personal interest in teaching Soren because like he sees potential in him. Um, he's like, trust your gizzard; it, it can lead you through the storm. Like, feel your gizzard. Yeah. I, I just imagine like a kung fu master telling his apprentice, like, feel it in your colon. Just like <laughs> trust <laughs> your colon. Oh yeah, but um, Soren's really good at uh, controlling his colon, uh, aka gizzard. <laughs> yes. Um, because uh, he's uh, yes. he masters uh, the use of that organ pretty well uh, in in flight. Um, the first scene where he like he learns how to control his gizzard is pretty cool. I think it's it's a rainstorm, <laughs> yeah. right? Is it, they're flying through a rainstorm. That's the Enya moment yeah. for me. Oh, it's um, a big Enya moment for sure. It's it sounds like Enya sound like music in the soundtrack. Um, yeah, and he's he's like closing his eyes and he's flying through like a vortex of air as as the raindrops whip like swirl around him. It's 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 really cool. Yeah, a lot of slow motion um, in, in that segment. Um, and to be clear, I'm looking this up on Wikipedia. The gizzard is a digestive organ. It helps. It, it it stores and helps break up like the 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 rougher material that they eat. That's incredible. So I I don't know how. I mean, again, maybe this is elaborated upon in the books, but like I I don't know what we're given in the movie. I I don't know how that relates to like flying or 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 fighting other right. owls. Right. 
exactly again this is where it fails in terms of um, you know something specific to owl uh, physiology and yep. uh, the larger narrative I mean doesn't matter the kids are just like a thing it's a funny word that kids will hear a thousand times but you know like again that is something I could see incorporated into a young adult fantasy series like it, it, it's like the humble like like the humble origins of great power it's it's like it's always been inside you it's like this very natural thing that all owls can access it's just, but you would like never think to I, I i'm just completely spitballing here but like using something like that as shorthand for like true power that lies within all owls like you, you need to develop it a lot more than what we're given mm-hmm. yeah right so i'm sure the the books do it um yeah yeah i i don't I mean, doubt the books yeah. are much better than this film I, i'm you know I'm, I'm sure they are interesting i'm sure um yeah. you know they um they expand upon everything that um we're criticizing right now um but um yeah i so i didn't love this film i think nick likes it a little bit more than me but uh <laughs> i didn't i didn't again i don't like it i think the owls are cute i think they're cute and they're cool and there's some really visually stunning sequences um and the owls themselves have some cool epic aerial fights yeah but it, it, it's a fairly empty movie yeah i agree with that um so maybe we're on the same page yeah birds of a feather um, over here birds of a feather <laughs> uh critique together <laughs> um i guess to, to rush through what's left of the plot there there's like a benedict arnold owl oh yeah yeah what's his name benedict Al- owl alamir sam neill's alamir, character which, yeah yeah which sounds like a lord of the rings name mm-hmm. um my actually my my very first uh D and D ranger half elf ranger in in three point his name was um goddamn what was his name Aramir I think oh very original yeah so yeah very good <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I I was like oh he's got a cool name and he's voiced by Sam Neil like I'm I like this character but he's a fucking traitor so who cares yeah, yeah he betrays mm-hmm. the owls um they they do some reconnaissance Alamir and uh, two other of the uh legends of the guard or the guardians um and um Th- this is when the magnetic power weapon is revealed right yes. to the audience mm-hmm. yeah because two of the the other two birds the other soldier guardians they attack what they think are the um the pure one foot soldiers but they're really decoys they're just yeah rocks or whatever dummies, dummies. Yeah. um and then um yeah the uh the, the bats so there's little bats like, like vampire bats or something um who help the pure ones um and they open up the um the trap the yeah. metal because eggs they, they don't have gizzards as we're helpfully told right mm-hmm. yeah the bats are cute um yeah and uh they have cool blades on their wings yes. and stuff yeah they have some cool uh body modification as well kind of like a lord of the rings vibe like you have orcs but you have like goblins that are also bad guys and you have or you have different like types of of enemies mm-hmm. yeah definitely um one of the big problems with the i guess maybe you could say like the urukai of uh this film <laughs> uh, the the pure ones foot soldiers is that um it's very obvious 
that these characters are slaves. They say it out loud a thousand times, um, mm. but yet it's still just like we gotta kill them. Um, it's very much well, a no. problem that a lot of this kind of stuff has. You're, I think you're conflating the slaves that they use to to pick through the pellets with the soldier owls. But do you think that? I mean, they're probably both slaves, right? I mean, I mean that. Yeah, to, yeah, to be clear, the soldier owls, even though they're not brainwashed, I mean, they're not magically brainwashed with the moon. Right. They're still coerced to be child soldiers. Right. I'd imagine they were also, yeah. like, owl-napped, just like the other guys were. Well, no, they, they, they're not, because they, the, when, they, when the owl undergo the moon hypnotis, hypnotism, <laughs> they, their, their eyes become white, and, like, and they show the brother owl hypnotizing the sister owl. Right, but we don't see the so soldier they're, they're, owls' faces because they all have the stormtrooper masks on. Yeah, but like I, I read it as, um, I mean, this raises a different problem, which we'll get into, which I'll get into in a second. But like, they're shown to be told propaganda, like, "Oh, you're better than the owls down in the slave pit," and so you have to like prove that you're strong. Right, right. But um, that that does bring up my critique of this thing, which is um. And this is endemic to a lot of fantasy, specifically like young adult fantasy. Um, there is a critique of like oppression and bigotry. Um, it, it, it's it's like old hat for this type of genre. It, it, it's like I, I can't even think of a child like a, a YA fantasy series that doesn't deal with like, oh, good guys are diverse and bad guys are like are are pure and, and bigotry. Mm-hmm. But that that bigotry is always um, it's always ba- predicated upon like fantasy racism without any kind of um i mean it which one dilutes like the idea of like real race-based bigotry and two has no concept of uh, material analysis or like class class um oppression it's it's very much like safe bigotry like 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 a safe depiction of bigotry yeah i mean there's definitely no structural racism in this movie uh, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. There's really yeah. It's just like the Taitos look one way. Uh, they're the white barn owls, more or less. And then, like you said, the other the other owls are just um, every other species, more mm-hmm. more or less. Um, it's In, pretty silly. Yeah, it, it's just there there. This mo- this movie and a lot of a lot of other YA presents a very facile depiction of. Um, of of the dangers of like tyranny or or, or like 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 a governmental system of oppression, but um, it it's completely unconnected from any any class analysis. Which, I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that all YA fiction should should deal with like classism or, or go into issues of like a class hierarchy, but you can broach those things in a in in a way for kids that would be appropriate here. Yeah, probably not an owl movie though. I don't know, or like the owl series. I don't know if they go into like the economics, like the economic system, or like just the government system in general. Like there really is no government system in either of these places. It's kind of just monarchy, more or less, like mm-hmm. a nebulous monarchy. Um, I yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's sixteen books, so maybe like, they do. I'm, I'm I'm thinking like even even something like Watership Down, right? Which which is the the analog that we've been using for this movie. Um, the reason Hazel leaves their their burrow initially is because like it, there, there's too many rabbits for the for the burrow that they leave. 
And it is stratified. I mean, their society is stratified, and like the soldiers get more food and better burrows and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. they could have done that. I mean, you know, even like a tree is a perfect metaphor, right? Like, you know, the the exactly. poor the yep. owls live at the bottom, and then the you know the king guy or the whatever. But is then, at the top. like, because they're owls and because they fly, like in the good guy tree area, it could be like, oh, like all owls are meant to fly. We can all live at the top or at the bottom or wherever you want to live. Just like as long as everyone gets a home and blah, blah, blah. Like you, you can deliver these egalitarian um, like, like sentiments like through fantasy uh, tools, I guess. Yeah, I guess it's possible. I guess it could have been really just... Um part of the um initial ex- exposition but um yeah no I, it's just it doesn't want to be that it really does want to be more in the vein of a, a star wars narrative um i guess to wrap it up because there's not much left uh of the plot that no i mean there's just the battle sequence it's kind of it yeah the the guardians they they launch an attack on on Mordor, but then they're zapped by the the magnetic energy wave. Um, Soren realizes that it was a trap, so he goes to save them. Um, and this is the troubling visual sequence because a, a forest fire is going on in yeah. the background. Yeah. <laughs> so so maybe this movie's taking place right now. If so, folks, uh, donate to the owls. Yes. <laughs> It's the Australian, the Australian owls. owls who are all from North America, actually. Um, but yeah, so it's just a big fight. He does the the bombing run from the Death Star sequence. Yes, yeah. It, it's it's like straight out of Star Wars because he he grabs a a pot of oil, lights it on fire, uses his gizzard to be able to do yes. that. Uses the force so, yeah. to be able to do that. He uses he uses his gizzard force to safely fly through the flames while lighting the the oil on fire and then he dive bombs the mechanism that holds the 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 magnetic super weapon open and he bomb, he dive bomb, he he shoots a proton torpedo into it yeah yeah um it would have been cool if he suicide bombed but oh well <laughs> yeah. um oh i guess before that he has a fight with his brother who tries to stop him from lighting the oil on fire. Yes, that's right. Clud, him and Clud have a, a fight. Um, they have a duel on Mustafar-style fight. Yeah. Well, and, then, and I mean, it continues afterwards as well. And then mm-hmm. and then Clud dies. Like, he, he gets Anakin'd. I mean, he falls into the fire. Well, he he doesn't... He, he, he He's revealed at the end that he survived and, like, limped away. Right, right. And then he, he truly Anakin's because then he, yes. he, he, like, takes metal beaks... Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Um, oh, he Jesus. takes the the. I guess skipping ahead. Obviously, Metal Beak is is killed. Soren kills him. Yeah. 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 Um, he kills him. Um, and then uh, yeah. And then the end. So this is the part I really hated. Um, yep. So Lies of Keel, Jeffrey Rush's Yoda, legendary hero, legendary folk hero, warrior character. Um, you know the way they distinguish him as this like Yoda character is he's, he's very diminutive and he's like very just haggard looking. I mean, he has like feathers in, you know, every which way. And he kind of, he's kind of crazy. He's kind of bug eyed. Mm -hmm. Um, and the reason for that is because, you know, he fought the battle of the ice claws and it really fucked him up. He says explicitly, I mean, I think verbatim, he says war is hell. 
Um, yep. He says, like, this is what war does to you. It makes you look mm-hmm. like this. It does this to your mind and your body. And he points to his scar on camera. <laughs> right. Um, and then, you know, so we kind of see that in real time later. We see, you know, the war uh, at uh, Owl Mordor. Um, and, you know, as uh, as Dan Coase said, uh, you know, the, the spray of feathers, you know, you're seeing these spray of feathers everywhere. All these characters are dying. Um, it's pretty brutal. Um, Soren kills Darth Vader, Metal Beak. Um, he stabs mm-hmm. him with a, a sharp and hot branch. Yeah. Um, and, he, and he has some remorse, actually. Like, there's remorse on his face that he mm-hmm. killed somebody because this is the only person he killed. And it was, it was depicted almost like as an act of self-defense that he kind of didn't really mean. Right. Because um, in in one of like the very visually stunning Zack Snyder slow motions, Metalbeak is swooping in on him with his talons outstretched, and then uh, Soren, in a panic, picks up the picks up the burning branch and holds it out in front of him. Right. And, and Metalbeak stabs himself. Yeah. Exactly. Um, doesn't mean to do it. Self-defense is fairly remorseful. Um, afterwards but then it just starts up a narration after that uh, yes soren's narration telling the yep. story of this battle yep and how great it was and how they're all heroes now and you always have to fight against evil yada 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 um the whole anti-war sentiment just is gone you know yep. um they could have they could have even leaned heavier on like a ptsd uh you know kind of thing with lies of keel but that's really not there either they try but not really it's just it's it's just half-assed but it's it's there which is interesting you don't really get that all the time with these kind of movies the other big problem with the ending i had was um so soren and all, all the guardians return to gahul and they're all like victorious and um soren's whole family is back there they all found gahul too right and they all have a happy reunion and they don't even mention the brother. Yeah, they don't care. Like, oh, they don't well. care at all. Because uh, as, far, as, far as, <laughs> as far as Soren knows, his brother's dead, and he he partially killed right. was the cause of his brother's death. Right. Um, and there's no, not even like sadness, like sadness, but like just not even like a mention of the brother whatsoever. No. Mm-mm. Um, and that's ultimately what makes me not like this film as much as I would because it's it's very cutesy, fun like fant- fantastical kids like kids adventure but there's really no sense of sadness to it um parts of it are dark like the way the brother quote-unquote dies the way metal beak dies a lot of the battle scenes are, are like very vicious and dark but there's no um there's no like melancholy yeah. to the movie mm, whatsoever exactly i'm thinking of movies like um like the secret of Nim or like other like Don Bluth movies like that, or like the water watership down for, for that matter. Um, balancing out all the cutesy talking animal stuff. There's always like a sense of sadness to everything. Um, and I, I think kids have more of a, more of an appreciation for that than we give them credit for. Um, kids have more of an appreciation for dark stuff, but also for sad stuff. And uh, that would that would give this movie a lot more meaning. But um, no, we're all just happy at the end. It's all happy fun time. Yeah. No, I mean the the closing montage um, with with the narration is is pretty unfortunate. I really, I was I was hoping, at, you know, that moment that he kills Metal Beak. I was like, where are we going from here? You know, like what is 
what is going to be next when they go back to the Owl City? And I mean, Owl it, City. is there going to be is there going to be anything? Is there going to be you know the kind of the 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 bow on this you know on the messaging about you know anti-war, anti-imperialism, anti-racism, anything like that? No. Nothing. No. There's absolutely nothing. Just we got it. We live to fight another day. I mean, that's really it. We we live to fight another day and to tell our stories to the new generation, and they're just going to uncritically consume them, and they're not going to internalize the, the the sad aspects because that's a, a necessary counterweight to the stuff. And yeah. it's just all going to be happy fun time. We're all going to listen to Owl City in our Owl City <laughs> because that is the perfect saccharine, like sugary bullshit that we need for this yeah. type of tone. But that read right there is maybe why this movie is actually good, right? Because it's like it's the lies we tell ourselves. It's the lies yes. that the winners tell themselves, right? I mean, it's it's the lies that lies tells us. Oh, that's why his name is lies. Oh my, oh god. my god! All right, this movie's amazing. I mean, he is the chronicler <laughs> of their previous battle. Um, his literally named lies. Yeah, his name is lies. He he wrote down the chronicle of the battle of Ice Claw, and he writes yep. it in like kanji. He's a weeb. He's a weeb. Um, yeah. Um, Soren's name is literally Soren, like Soren through the sky. Oh, shit, I just put that. So together. if names are that literal, it only makes sense right. that Lies's Lies. name is that literal. Right. Yes. Yeah. No, this movie. This movie's great. Now, actually, it's about how America sucks. I mean, literally every other name is that literal, right? Yeah. Like we have Digger who, right, digs. who digs. We have Soren who soars. Yep. Um, Twilight is. Have... I don't know. It's kind of like a fanciful name that a bard would have. Mm-hmm. I mean, owls fly around at twilight. Right. Um, clud is a clud as a fail song. Right. <laughs> so of course, lies tells lies. It's a secret to it. It's a very Tolkien-esque riff, like reading that the like names have power. Yeah. And they. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, Legend of the Guardian said, "Death to America." Nice. Good. <laughs> like death to Gahul. <laughs> Make Gahul great again? No, death to Gahul. Yeah, death to Gahul, folks, for sure. Um, that's why we have to make the sequel. Where well, I mean, there's a sequel. It's a whole fucking book series. So who knows? Maybe that's actually what happens next in this fucking book yes. series. Yes. Um. But yeah, do we have uh, workers of note for this movie? We do. We have a f- quite a few. Uh, I'll start with one that um, I, I just I latched onto it because it's it's great. But um, I I have no uh, evidence uh, of of this person's role. I couldn't find um, the content that they produced for this film. Um, this person, Lee Romare, is the pre-visualization puppeteer, or um, what? Well, the 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 what puppeteer? Pre-visualization. <laughs> there we go. Hey. Pre-visualization um, yeah. uh, puppet crafter, I guess. Um, nice. I couldn't find a single image of these puppets online, um, I, which is disappointing because yeah. it must be said the owls look stunning. They do. I think. So I, you know, this, the, one can imagine what the, the puppets look like. Yeah, th- this is a very beautiful movie. It, lo- it looks very cool. The owls look amazing. The the backgrounds too that they yes. fly through, like mm-hmm. the, a lot of the shots are composed very well. Yeah, which trans nice transition there, Nicholas. Uh, oh, <laughs> is the next round of workers of note? If you'd like to do those, sure. Yeah, this is the the matte painter crew. Um, we have Daniel Bayona, digital matte painter slash main title sequence compositor. Um, Dudley Birch, Michael Halford. Danny Danny Janivsky, uh, Marcus Levere, um, who are all matte painters. Um, Marcus Levere is the matte painting supervising lead. Um, 
Katya Ruslanova, digital compositor slash digital matte painter. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> Lubos Gerardo Serzin, <laughs> digital matte painter. Um, David Woodland, Woodland, senior matte painter. Philip Whiteley, digital matte painter. And Ben Walker, digital matte painter. Yeah. I mean, the background's really cool. There's some great wide screen photography. And a good, like... um. A good variety of of geographical uh, types of of land. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. there's, um, there's forests, there's, there's yeah ocean, the, the ocean yep. with with like um, like archipelago rocks yep. or something. Um, yep. We have like a Mordor knockoff. It and all that makes sense because birds can fly, so it, it doesn't make a difference to them like what they're flying over. It's yeah, clever clever usage of all those things. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, yeah, no, it sh- it should be said just in general. Like the cinematography uh, of this film is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, the the aerial fights are incredibly choreographed. Um, you know, people are always uh, down on Zack Snyder's visual language. Um, you know, his oh, he just uses slow motion, but like here it really makes sense um, mm-hmm. from you know multiple angles in real life like owls are really quick you know like they yep. this you couldn't see anything in, in these battles because owls you know they're they're silent and they're they're deadly predators they're, they'll take you out in two seconds um that's how they survive that's how they catch their prey um so like it makes sense on a metaphysical level here mm-hmm. Zack snyder using slow motion um, you know, it's like nature documentaries that use like high speed photography, yeah. you know, it's like, that's how yeah. you see the details. That's how you like understand these animals. So I appreciated that. I think you meant metatextual level, not metaphysical. Whatever. Metatextual, Sorry. metaphysical. <laughs> um, but yeah. And also, um, so like there would be a fight scene. He kind of does his thing from like 300 or, or Watchmen where like, or, or Sucker Punch for that matter. Um, there's like a fight scene, but then a really striking moment everything will slow down and we'll see it go down in really, really, really super slow motion. And then once that moment's done, it'll continue. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And in, in those moments where he really slows down, like they look like children's books, like animation or, or il- illustrations yeah. rather. Um, just very like iconic moments from a, re- from just the perfect angle. Um, but they had to slow the camera down and they'll let you like bask in it for a little bit before they crank the speed back up. Yeah. No, it's great. I mean, it's, what distinguishes this film from literally any other like kids action movie? Yeah, I'm trying to think of like a uh, like a, like a comparable. Exa- I mean, not that I know kids action mo- like kids fantasy action movies that go along with that were, came out at the same time as this, but I don't know something like um, like your average like DreamWorks movie, I guess. Yeah. Even though like How to Train Your Dragon, even though I know people love those. Um, I don't think the action scenes are are shot similar in a similar way no, to this. No, not at all. I mean, they're fine, but I mean, they're yeah, not, they're they're serviceable they're not for as sure. Good as the the aerial fights in this one, yeah, by no by no means. Um, yeah. And the second Hedge Train Dragon is atrocious. Um, I don't know how this third one was even made, except you've for, alluded to that before. Yeah, it's yeah. so terrible. It's awful. Um, I think I've only seen the first one. Yeah, yeah the second one's dumb. Um, it's a lot like this in terms of like, uh, oh, there's these these incredibly evil dragons, and then there's the good dragons. It's it's that that right, trope. Very, I mean, yeah. That mani- I think you you have the word manichaean in our notes yes. here, which is certainly apt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really leans into that. 
with the second dragon and what makes movie. it re- what makes gahul particularly insidious is um they they bring up the idea of like mind mind control and in mind washing and like propaganda um but they just skate right past it mm-hmm. yeah and that's why i was a bit confused with the soldier uh pure ones and like the actual slaves who do the, the pellet the, what is it what the digging the, what do they where do they go the pellet picking the pellet yes picking. The, the, they're pickers they yeah they go do picking um because like it's obviously yeah the one one group is moon blinked so they're you know moon blinked that's they're it, yeah. slaves like obvious you know there's just um mind mind controlled, mind controlled slaves. slaves um but the soldiers you know we don't really see a lot from the soldiers perspective besides clud um mm-hmm. and even then uh you know i don't know it's not enough for me to really yeah distinguish between those sets of of characters on the pure one side so we do get hints of it and again i i can only imagine they expand upon this and the 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 dozen books that we don't see any of it any any of in this movie um but again just i i imagine that it's presented as like the soldiers are given a higher station a higher status and because of that they they're it's inculcated in them that that they look down upon the pickers yeah yeah i mean it was who knows at least obvious that like you didn't want to be a picker i mean they made that obvious so there's some like stratification in this film but there just could Mm -hmm. be yeah they could just kind of expand upon that yeah it's it's really not made apparent Mm -mm. closing thoughts what do we think about this movie who should see it who should watch this movie (laughs) You take the broke recommendation. I want this one in the middle, and, and you get the one. You get you get the one again <laughs> okay, because that was yeah. a good one. Uh, so, uh, broke recommendation is uh, for any of the preteens in your life, or if you are a preteen listening to this. Um, yeah. uh, first of all, don't, don't. Second of all, <laughs> stop now. <laughs> Second of all, uh, read the bread book. <laughs> um, so, uh, preteens who are getting a little tired of Disney films, um, this film has a. A good balance of the cute stuff, um, uh, the beautiful imagery, and 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 that darkness that we were uh, alluding to. So um, yeah, it's it's just like decent, a better version of uh, the shit Disney puts out. I mean, not all that. I guess it's all stupid, right? But like, I don't know. Watch this one instead. Don't give Disney money. <laughs> Watch this one if only because it would divest that much more screen time from Disney. Yeah, and you know what? Like, you can watch this one if you have a Netflix account. That's how we watch it. It's on Netflix. You don't have, like, I mean, yeah, giving Netflix money sucks, but, like, giving Disney money is even worse. Like, at least Netflix made The Irishman. What has Disney made in the last few years that's good? Um, Star Wars. (laughs) Fuck that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The MCU. Yeah, our favorite. Uh, One Academy Award nomination for Avengers Endgame's folk. Okay, well, let's let's get through our closing thoughts here, and then maybe we can do a, a short, um, a short, like little post sequence about the, the Oscar yeah, nominations. Yeah, we'll do a, a short rundown. Yeah, we'll, by short. the time this okay, airs, yeah, it'll so, be a week after, but who cares? Whatever. Um, my my woke recommendation um, is it kind of ties into yours. It's on Netflix. Throw it on. Um, honestly, if you're just gonna trip out or just like get high or, or do mushrooms or something, um, th- this would be a good thing to put on in the background. Um, yeah. some of this some of the flying sequence sequences um especially that aforementioned enya song moment um would just really fit that mood very well it's, it's a very good lazy sunday to get high and watch 
watch some visually something visually stunning movie. I have an anecdote about uh, getting high with you, but I also have another anecdote oh, yeah. <laughs> about getting high and watching a kids movie. Um, so the anecdote of getting high with you is that we did mushrooms uh, when we were in college. Uh, yeah, and it had a had a, you had actually had a trip, whereas I just sat in our friend's uh, living room while my high school friend talked with one of my college friends about music, uh, and I just like stared at the four walls. Whereas you, it was as as different as possible. <laughs> you were completely unfazed. I was running through the streets of Cambridge, crying. Yeah. Imagine I was being chased. Actually, this is relevant too. I, I thought I was being chased by um, a wolf and a bat. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, and actually, I, I ran I ran past a bar, um, uh, the Bukowski's Bar in, in Cambridge, and the windows were open, and the God, this is just this is such a stupid fucking like oh college I did drug story, but like the when I ran past the music, it felt like the music slapped me like the the. I felt it in my gizzard, right? Like the wind, <laughs> the wind, the wind current threw me off course. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I have another anecdote that does not include Nick, um, but oh, uh, damn, I'm so sorry. No one wants to hear it then. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's actually before I met you, the year before I met you, perhaps. Hell yeah. Um, a friend of mine had made um, brownies or I think they might have been cookies. Owl, uh, owl, owl pellets. pellets. I, I, it was... I think it was weed cookies. Yeah, I think it was cookies, not brownies. Um, So special cookies. Um, Me and a a friend uh, took a a ton of them, and then we went to go see uh, the second of the Kung Fu Panda movies in theaters. Mm. Um, Mm. And we took, I mean, it was a a tin full of these chocolate chip cookies, and we ate just all of them between two of us because we just, we weren't feeling anything. So we, we waited a half hour, we ate some more, uh, and then we went to go see uh, this movie, um, and it was really weird. Like the movie, uh, from my perspective, like I was just like really sad throughout it, um, and mm. then I realized it's because I was like super high in that moment, <laughs> um, and then I got out, and then I just—I mean, I can't tell you what happened in that movie because I was so high I don't remember it. Yeah, Kung Fu. I don't think I've seen that one, but like th- that—that's kind of like its own underground genre, right? Like kids' movies that college students get high to go see um because there's like the kung fu panda one like you just mentioned there's this one um i know uh speed racer was infamous oh, yeah, yeah. for that like mm-hmm. that that was like the movie you take acid to to go see yeah definitely um yeah i can't think of any other ones that would be good for that uh i think i think things like um like clyde at the Chan- chance of meatballs oh, that's yeah, like yeah. a straight up stoner premise mm-hmm. you know yeah that'd be a good one yeah, I feel like there's just a ton of them were made like in this exact period of time, like between like I mean, 08 and like 2011. There was just a yeah. shit ton of those. How to, how to train your dragon? dragon. Is, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, bespoke. Well, this one's mine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, for all you Zack Snyder stands out there, um, I recommend that. Of course, you watch this film, but. I also mm-hmm. want you to at Zack Snyder on all social media and tell yeah. him to make uh, a film adaptation of uh, Catherine Lasky, uh, who, who is the author of the uh, Legend of the Guardian series, uh, adapt mm-hmm. her historical fiction book that we alluded to earlier called Night Witches. Um, 
that if uh, if you're familiar with the Night Witches, which some of you history nerds might be, uh, they were Soviet pilots, uh, all-female Soviet pilot brigade, um, the 588th Night Bomber Regiment of the Soviet Air Force. Uh, they were cool as hell, and uh, Catherine Lasky uh, wrote a historical fiction book about them. So uh, everybody should go tell Zack Snyder to uh, to make that film. Tell him that since the director that is one notch above him on the scale of directors already <laughs> did a woke historical fighter pilot right. movie, he needs to do his own woke historical fighter pilot yeah, movie. Yeah, exactly. And he has some experience already doing like the aerial stuff because he did some of that in Sucker Punch. Yeah, and I mean this. And this, of course, right. Yeah, combat, I mean this makes yeah. more sense actually. But... Uh. Yeah. <laughs> But there's actual um, planes in Sucker Punch. Right, right. The, yeah, there's the, the sequence with, with the the fighter jet and the bomber. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's Gahul. Um, it, it's fun under the right context. There's there's some cool striking imagery and, and ideas, but it, it honestly, I would imagine the books have more substance to them. I, ho- I hope I they hope do just for the God. kids who read them. Yeah, exactly. You know? Um, yeah, I mean, watch it if you feel like it, but also if you just want to see cool action scenes, you can probably find those on YouTube. YouTube. This, this, this is a YouTube highlight reel yeah, movie, honestly. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so before we, we log off, do we want to give a brief mention to the Oscar nomina- um, uh, nomination list? Yeah, so uh, Avengers Endgame only got one for, like, special effects. Hell yeah. I hope it loses. Eat shit. Eat shit. Fuck you. Um, Joker got the most, I think, 11 nominations. Joker got 11 nominations, which, assuming it wins all 11, um, it would tie it with, like, Ben-Hur yeah, yeah, in, yeah. Return, in Return of the King, right. and, like, it, w- it would it would be a record holder if it yeah, won all 11. Yeah, that would be insane. Um, yeah, I mean, we live uh, in a simulation, so, I mean, it's going to. It's going to happen. <laughs> we live in a simulated society. Um, honestly, I do think, I mean, every, people are kind of ragging on Joker sweeping like that. Um, I do think at least the score deserves the nomination i like um, the score the a lot in the i don't like incredible. the score in the context of the film but i like the score a lot it it's a great score um but yeah i i guess the the best the best contrarian take we can give um i know lewis will agree with me on this so i'm just gonna say we um where oscar um accelerationists anything that can delegitimize the 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 academy is good yeah. That's so true. we support Joker winning all of it. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, because that would delegitimize the the Academy um, in the eyes of more people who who just kind of still give give the Academy the prestige it doesn't deserve. Right. Yeah. I think all the people who are like angry right now on the film Twitter about like the Joker, you know, getting exactly. so many nominations, like those are the exact people who we want to piss off. Um, because yep. they still believe in the Academy. And I don't know if you still believe in the Academy. That just means you believe in like a handful of old white dudes in Hollywood who have the dumbest ideas about film yep. ever. Um, I mean, the fact Crash winning in, I think, 2002. Yeah, Crash, I mean, is awful. Um, I mean, I really thought like after Shape of Water winning that that would delegitimize the fucking Oscars. I mean. But I mean, people, normal people like Shape of Water yeah, a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm th- I'm thinking of like um like Crash is really egregious to me. What was it? Um, I think Green Book won. Green Book won last year. Yeah, yeah. That 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 seems one of the very... f- the Farley brothers. Uh, 
we'll have the Farley Brothers Academy Award winning Farley Brother and Academy Award winning Hangover Guy. Oh my god, that's what we're gonna have. That yeah. is That's the Academy. Shit. That that I mean, we, we can make like our ironic accelerate well, not ironic accelerations, but like we can make our ironic takes. We can we can be like quote unquote Academy Award winning accelerationists, but like honestly that that is kind of what the academy awards are it's 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 i'm just gonna say it middlebrow trash like that's what, yeah. that's what they love oh yeah no for sure i guess um the the one the one counterpoint to the the academy award being bad that i see that i see raised that i that i think has some weight to it um the idea that like whether or not individual people or, or whether or not we think the academy is legitimate or has any prestige to it um, the fact is the industry as a whole does. And so giving more opportunities to either marginalized or struggling filmmakers is worthwhile by that metric. Um, but I, I, I just think a simpler way is to just not care about the Academy Awards. I, I think that's just a, a more elegant solution. Yeah, exactly. I mean, knock it down, right? I mean, I think yeah. uh, uh, if we want to get political on it, so uh, that would be the uh, the Bernie Sanders way of doing it. Yes. Um, yes. Is just get rid of it. Fuck it. It's bad. Um, uh, get rid of the entire rotten industry, right. be it uh, film or or Medicare, right. yeah, or, or healthcare. Yeah. I guess Oscars for all. That's the new, our new Oscar, campaign. Oscars. Uh, Oscars for all. Oh for oh for, for a. a. <laughs> um, but if you just want to like make things marginally better for some people um, who still have millions of dollars to make movies, um, that's right. the Elizabeth Warren or like Buttigieg approach. Well, no, Buttigieg approach would be like, get the Department of Defense to fund your movies. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Buttigieg approach is like the the Disney approach or, or like the MCU yeah. approach because they get they do <laughs> yeah, or even like the Transformers films. I think they get even more. Whatever, folks. Uh, Academy Awards are bullshit. Don't pay attention to them. Um, Uncut Gems didn't get any nominations. So that kind of like, what what else needs to be yeah. said? Yeah, that was a bummer. That was a real bummer. Um. Yeah, the guy who plays Phil, the like, the enforcer guy, he should have got at yeah. least like yes. at least one Oscar, but maybe yeah. three. Just I don't even know what <laughs> like, just best actor, best supporting actor, uh, best best editing, best, editing, best voice. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, sound <laughs> perfect. Yeah, because he has good voice. I don't know. He just he deserved them all. But yeah, whatever. I guess um, we sh- we should do another one of our non movie episodes about um the academy awards and but i mean first we should do the razzies yeah i want to do the razzies first uh then we yeah. can do the academy awards um yeah we'll do a little bit more research we'll have to do uh less of our on the fly research and more of like yes. the you know uh books and articles type research uh pre-research yes, uh, <laughs> yes for sure but we'll leave that for the future uh for now um i'm gonna i'm gonna go to sleep um i'm gonna ask one million fireflies if if what how does it what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> i'm just gonna I, I i lost the whole momentum but i was trying to allude to the owl city fireflies song you would not believe your eyes 10 million fireflies oh it, it was like a meme a little while was yeah, it that, really jesus christ it was it was a meme it's like oh like how how light how much light would 10 million fireflies make from this song yes oh because God. he he the opening lines of the song go, you would not believe your eyes if 10 million fireflies slept the world as I, as I fell asleep. Wow, I can't believe this movie like produced a meme. No, 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 no. The Fireflies song was like Owl City's first big oh, hit. Oh, okay, so isn't the song that's in this movie? 
No, the the Firefly song is from 2007. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, well, it's like it's in it's within the Gahul's extended meme universe. So it's the Firefly's version of the Gahul. <laughs> Yeah, no, that, that that was way too much of a stretch. So, All right. Well, we will uh, see you next week, folks. Uh, donate to uh, Australia for the, uh, the bushfires. And uh, death to the Academy Awards. Yes. See you next time. Bye. On the heels of war and wonder, there's a stormy world up there. Whisper above the thunder, but you can fly anywhere. Purple burst of paper birds, this picture paints a thousand words. So take a breath of myth and mystery, and don't look back. Bird's eye view, awake the stars.